Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Dom Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the world. And I'm delighted this week to welcome onto the podcast Dr. Anne Gregory, who's been a professor of corporate communication at the University of Huddersfield since September 2014. She joined the university from Leeds Beckett University, where she was director of the Centre for Public Relations Studies, an internationally recognised research centre. And while at Beckett's, she also completed a three-year term as Pro Vice-Chancellor. Anne, welcome, 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 welcome to Coach Class. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Well, it's great to be with you, Dom, and I can't remember how many years it is that we, I actually saw you face-to-face um, but it's been a number of years that we've been uh, crossing each other's path from time to time. So I was trying to think whether or not you might have been on the panel of three or four people sat in front, in front of me in what would have been City Square back in 1993 when I came for my, my interview to get onto the course in 94. I took a year out and I remember I sat next to a chap and he was well, very well spoken. And I remember him saying that his father was a captain of industry. And I was thinking, well, I'm captain of Woodley Wanderers under 18s. I had no idea what that was. Gosh, them were the days. They were. And you obviously did a good job, Dom, because you got through and got onto the course. I did all right in the end. How did you end up on that course then? Because when the PR course was set up, I think there was only Leeds Met, Bournemouth, and I think I went down to Plymouth to have an interview at St. Mark and St. John's. But there weren't, you know, comms and PR was still kind of at its early stages. So tell us a little bit about you and how you ended up leading that course. Yes, I I was um, in practice for many years. I'd worked in-house in financial services for the late, great Bradford and Bigley Building Society, just down the road from us both. Then I became director of communications for the University of Bradford and did some work for them before moving into consultancy and then became a a director of Weber Shandwick in the north. And it was actually during that period in consultancy, Dom, that I began to question about the fundamentals, really, of what I was trying to do in practice and realising that I was a bit like a hamster going round in a wheel for clients, doing a pitch, winning it, coming and doing the business, but the business always seemed to be quite tactical. So do the media relations, do a bit of community involvement work, internal communications some political lobbying sometimes. But I had no real fundamental understanding of what was really going on in communications. And I began to question more and more what was happening here. And the course opened up at Leeds Beckett, as it is now. And uh, I saw a job as a senior lecturer initially, applied for the job and got it, but thought, no, time is not right. And then a year later, job as a principal lecturer came up. And these questions have become more profound. What are we trying to do here? And so I thought, right, I need to change my career and I need to be able to stand back from the profession that I love and I'm still passionate about and try and make it as good as it possibly can be. And the only way that we can do that is to start examining those profound questions about what's the purpose of communication? What are we here to do? Who are we here here to serve? What's best practice look like? And so that was why I made the swap into becoming an academic dom. And and I think back to those early years as we were joining the course, or certainly when I joined after I'd taken a year out from school. So I joined in 94. And I think maybe the second first or second group of students had graduated 
And it was a real interesting blend because from day one we were in classes and we were being given briefs and we were trying to write press releases and we were organising events and building out like this portfolio of proof points, if you like, of experience. But at the same time, you were drilling into us. You are going to be the leaders in the future. You're going to be sat around the boardroom and PR is a strategic part of that business not just a service to that business. I mean, that was like, you know, the, the sort of foundational bits that you were absolutely pushing into us, you know, have stuck all these years are still there. I mean, it's a struggle that goes on, but it was, that was very different, wasn't it, to how PR was being caught, taught in perhaps, you know, marketing schools or as an add-on to other things. Yeah, which was essentially about getting free publicity. And um, you're absolutely right. And that was one of the passions that drove me. And I think the description of my history maybe demonstrates why uh, that was one of the passions that drove me because I did have an intuitive sense that communication public relations had much more to contribute than just a few tactical things and if we think about it you know uh, communication is is what what organizations are all about you know the chief executive has a vision that has to be translated into something that the people who work in the organization can understand and get behind um and organizations are connected to society and unless they're able to get the support of all those stakeholders and society in general to to actually get behind them and back them then they're not going to be able to succeed and thrive either as ceos or as organizations and communication is right at the heart of that. It's not just about doing tactical communication stuff. It's actually making those vital connections and understanding that actually organizations move forward because because they have certain sorts of conversations, whether they be strategic or whether they be just with individuals. And that's all part of the rich fabric of what being a PR practitioner means. And that means, therefore, that we're in every bit of the organization and right at the senior levels and also where the people, you know, when uh, the phone call comes into the organization or the email that comes into the organization or tweet that comes into the organization uh, says, can you put me in touch with somebody who does X and the person who gets that email or text doesn't know they're straight on to us because we're right embedded into the fabric of the organization. That's how it should be. Now, I think about all of the people that must have come across your path on that course, particularly back then and, and since. What is it that you noticed about students then? What were the things that stood out? Because I guess, you know, just got, I think there were probably like, I don't know, 100 of us on that course at one point, maybe 200. Huge amount of kids. And I guess a lot of them were coming in without really knowing what it was they were doing. I mean, I remember looking at the prospectus. I was in the A-level common room of my school I think I had 15 minutes to apply and finish my application for UCAS or whatever it was called at the time. And I found the public relations page of Leeds Beckett. And I remember reading it. I can still picture it now. And the outcomes were things like you could go into a job as a communications officer in the army. You could be in a, an agency. Some of the skills you pick up would be creative writing, broadcast. And all of these things were just kind of like little, wow. And yet it felt expansive rather than restrictive. It felt like it was vocational and skills-based and training you for the field of work. But that that opportunity when you finished was like anything you want to be. And that the skills that you were helping us learn were transferable. They were the kind of things that all employers needed. 
I mean, you know, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. So just help me get my head around. How do you know to do that? And, and, and when you were seeing students coming in front of you, there must have been some where you just thought, yeah, they've got it. But what, what is it? What's that they've got it bit? It was a mixture of things, really, Dom. And, and I can't just give you, you know, they had characteristic one to five because they're incredibly different people, as you will know from the your fellows on the course. They were very, very different people. And you could identify different aspects of, if you like, potential in students. So some were really passionate about various aspects of communication. They knew what they wanted. They knew they wanted wanted to go into media relations and they were just hungry for knowledge about that. And you thought, well, that person is going to make a difference in the world of media. And it wasn't just about pumping out propaganda for the organisation. It was thinking through carefully, what's the role of media relations for that company in terms of, yeah, I need obviously to make good connections with journalists. So that's about being able to respond to people and and build business connections. But it's also about, well, what's this organisation got to offer to the broader world? Not just about propaganda, but what are our challenges? What are our opportunities and what are the things that people ought to know about this organization and hold us to account for as well so it's not just one way but there are other people who are really curious about uh, the world and about challenging some of the things that were going on in the world and I, I remember one of the courses that we had was about issues management Don you'll remember that and contemporary issues in society and there were people and you were one of them actually it was much more um, sort of a broader perspective as I'm, I'm hungry for anything I want to know what's going on and that passion about and curiosity about wanting to understand what was going on and what was what worked and what didn't work was a, an, a, another attractive um, characteristic, if you like, and would gain somebody a, a place on the course. But one of the overriding, or I would say two of the overriding characteristics was an insatiable curiosity and then an ability to sort of think through things and say, right, and this is potentially an avenue to be able to make a contribution. So it's about, I understand issues, but I also have a mindset that drives me to think through how I might address those issues. And those were the sorts of things that we were looking for, whether that be in a specialist area, as I say, political communications or fashion or, or whatever, but also an understanding that all that is set within a bigger context and that we have a contribution beyond, if you like, the organisation that we're working for. I love that concept of curiosity and it's something that, you know, I've had discussions at length with people recently about, you know, is the internet world that we live in and this kind of immediate consumption, is it, you know, lessening down people's ability to be curious and to go per- past the first response on Google, you know, here's here's my question, there's the answer, take it as read. And I sort of was thinking back, it just prompted a thought really that, you know, this phrase that you make your own luck. Those that are curious, those that have that little bit of initiative, that kind of sense of all sometimes being mischievous of wanting to find out a bit more, are the ones who sometimes find an opportunity in adversity. And I'm, you know, I remember, I think, I think I still hold the record for the shortest work placement at LMU because I went down to London for my third year placement and on day two was made redundant. 
And I was yeah. sat there in Leytonstone thinking, what am I going to do? It's too late. I can't back, go back to university. I'm sat here in a house on my own <laughs> for six weeks, you know, going to Office Angels. And I managed to get, you know, a temporary job at a place. And then I was curious because they had a PR department and I managed to go and talk to the person and I basically pled poverty and, you know, whoa, poor me. And you came down then to validate that that was a PR placement. And I remember that being quite a, that was a big thing. It was like, you know, I've sort of had to crowbar my way into a placement because the old one evaporated. But it was about being curious, really. Yeah, and it is that uh, sense of persistence as well, I think, Dom. And, and you know, and, and thinking through, well, if I get blocked on this avenue, if, if, I, if I'm passionate about this and I think it's right and it's justifiable, I'll keep on going and I'll find another way around it. And I think that's the essence, really, of a lot of public relations work, isn't it? finding solutions to problems and, uh, and and therefore that stickability that you demonstrated is absolutely perfect and in many ways you know work experience of course it was about learning about public relations and communication but it was more about or as much about learning about the world of work and working around the navigations that you have to do to actually liaise with people to get in front of them to get what you want from them to be able to get the best out of them, to generate ideas, to put forward solutions to problems that they are, or the organisation that might have, that'll gain some traction. Where do you still get you? I mean, you're clearly passionate, Anne, about the industry, the sector. Where does your energy come from? What is it that fires you up still, that gets you out of bed, that you know, gets you writing books and appearing at conferences and leading all the research that you do? Where, where does that come from? Two things. Uh, First of all, I, I think we have made progress and therefore there's an encouragement there, you know, that we, we, we can move our profession on. But also, I think it goes back to what I said right at the beginning of our podcast here, Dom, which is a sort of questioning and frustration, really, that we aren't where we should be. Um, and if there's anything that I can do to try and move the profession forward and open up opportunities and get us to have a bigger vision for ourselves, you know, because you sort of, to quote, you know, the title of a book, give up your small ambitions. Sometimes I think we've got small ambitions. Um, and I'm really struck by um, somebody I met actually several years ago. She was actually, believe it or not, the managing director, the CEO of the Finnish Opera Company. Um, and I heard her speak at a conference and she said that, you know, she, uh, the people on her board that were most important. She didn't have a financial director, but she said, because I'm a CEO and I can do the sums, the person I have to have on my board is the director of communications. And if if the others, you know, had to be dispensed with, their advice would be the advice that I would dispense with least because they're the person who keeps me grounded. They're the person who makes me look out. They're the person who comes to me with issues, but also solutions. And they're the creative person, if you like, who understands what this organisation it's all about and doesn't just have that sort of unidirectional view about, well, it's all about 
about finance or it's all about HR. And it's that really, it's that potential, Dom, you know, as having a wider horizon about what we can contribute as professionals to society and organisations that keeps me passionate because we still got, it's like the brain, you know, we still got so much more percentage of our profession to exploit and harness and get excited about. Now, as somebody who's inspired like a whole generation of communicators, you know, I think just back to my cohort of people and I look around occasionally on LinkedIn and just see where they've all ended up. You know, James is over in San Francisco and people running, you know, huge telecoms, PR operations and agencies and all these different things. And it was just like, you know, and yet you click your fingers and think, gosh, it was only yesterday that we were all dancing around Brussels with Ralph one afternoon or whatever it was we were doing back then. <laughs> what's the what's the bit of advice that you carry with you, Anne, that, that's sort of on, in your backpack, the thing that maybe somebody said to you or you've picked up along the way that that helps you and guides you? Oh, that's a big question. Um, I think it's some advice that I got when I was uh, in a job in Bradford as a director of communications for the university there. Uh, and I had a superb, he wasn't my boss, but he was a mentor. He was a registrar of the uh, of the university. Um, and he said to me, Anne, do what makes your heart sing, because that is where your passion will be. Um, and that advice has, has stuck to me really, Dom. You know, if you have the bravery to do what makes your heart sing and then you'll be good at it because you'll learn about it, you'll be passionate about it, you'll push it forward and you'll link with other people who make your heart sing as well. That doesn't mean to say that you ignore everybody else and that you don't take on jobs that you don't want to do. But if you're in a role or in a job that makes your heart sing, you'll do it really well. Couldn't think of a better way to end our chat together and it's been an absolute pleasure seeing you and talking to you again thank you so much for everything that you did for me back in the day and it's guided me and made me into the man I am and the role that I have today and I I really believe that uh, LMU Leeds Beckett Leeds Met whatever helped me find the thing that made my heart sing so thank you thank you so much for coming on to coach class Thank you so much, Dom. And it's people like you and the success that I see in people like you that make my heart sing.